Hey there. So glad that you're here tuning into this broadcast. Today we have part two of humility, the characteristics of pride. And this is something that if we want to look at why, why even take the time to look at this? Well, Jesus said to learn of him, he's meek and lowly of heart. That's Matthew 11. We've looked at that in previous messages. He said, learn of him, I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. So he, there's no parts of pride when he says, you know, if we take his yoke upon us and learn, we're not learning a proud way. Uh, we find that uh, with contention, there's always pride. And that God has to know the proud from afar. We've looked at James 4 and we see that God resists the proud. If you and I want to live a life in which God has to resist us. Let me say it. Has, must, there's a better way, must resist us. Then we should continue to live in a lifestyle of pride. Pride meaning dependence upon self. Dependence upon what we know can do. Dependence not upon God, not upon His way. It would actually oppose His way. Which also means not just going the way we want. This is the big area. Most people, the, the big issue is getting over ourselves. Getting over our way. Getting over what we're used to. How we've been taught. Why? Because we know better. We've been doing this for quite a while now, right? And not open to adapt, but fixed on our resolve. You'll notice if we're going to learn of the master, that means we're going to learn how to do it, what? A different way, which is not our way. And you'll find that God's ways, what? Are higher than our ways. His thoughts, higher than our thoughts. If we're going to grow and be higher and larger, and the only way to... Enlarge is to expand. We must be willing to do it a different way. If we're going to... See, many people want to enlarge. We talked about how there is great grace upon the church in the beginning. You find that in Acts. And that immediately at that point in time, thousands of people were added to the church. Daily, people were coming, thousands. Many pastors would like to see many more people in their church services. They'd like to be able to minister to much more. They want what? To be enlarged. But you and I will not enlarge unless we expand. And God will always expand us from the inside out. And we have to be able. Yes, sir. Let's look uh, Proverbs. Let's go Proverbs 22 verse 4. And then I'll come back to that. Proverbs 22.4. A lot of what we're doing too also is the tone of it. I want to say this in the right way. And that's why I'm believing with for the Lord's help. Not just for me, but for and with you. That, you know, it will be heard correctly. And then I'm, I, I trust that you're believing for and with me that I'll say it correctly. That together God will get it in us and through us in the way He desires. So Proverbs 22 verse 4 this is some of what started me on looking at this more. 
And it says here in Proverbs 22, 4, it says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And when I read that, this was actually back in, in training for the ministry in, in Rama Bible Training College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma area, that the Lord started showing me this and He started saying, many people are looking for the riches, the honor, and the life but they're going about a different way to get it. They are trusting in what they can do, so they go into that profession or that job. They're trusting in what they can do, so they're launching out into these sales and what they can do to add to themselves. And they're looking for the riches, the honor, you could say the respect, the value. Want people to value them and value what they do and life. They're looking for this, but they're not doing it by humility. And they're not doing it by reverence. And so what results are they getting? They're not getting the riches honor in life. That only comes by humility and the fear of the Lord. And this is humility. Another definition for it can be reverence. That we so desire for God to be pleased that we'll do whatever He shows us even if it means it costs us. And in fact, to humble oneself means it will cost. It will, it's an opportunity that we're taking to lower ourselves and debase ourselves, which means it's letting someone else be higher than us. Now let's look at some more characteristics of this pride. Let's go together to James, no, I'm sorry, 1 Peter, the 5th chapter. And we can start in verse number 1 for now. And as you're there, I'm going to read to you another verse. So you're going to James, I'm sorry, 1 Peter, the 5th chapter. And I'm going to read to you 1 Timothy 6. So 1 Peter 5, 1 Timothy 6. Aren't you glad we can have church like this? The scriptures say where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst. That's church. You want to know what church is? Jesus in your place. You can have that with your family. You can sit around each other, read your Bible chapter for the day, right? Go, all right, babies, what do you think about that, right? You know, five years old, they can come up with some wonderful things from God. And you right there can have what? Church. Because Jesus is right there in the presence. You could have church every day of the week. So 1 Timothy 6, I'm going to read this to you for a moment. And it says here in, uh, thank you Lord, the, hallelujah. It's a great chapter, so i got to be pointed on where I start because I could just preach the whole thing long, you know. 17th verse of 1 Timothy 6 says, Charge them, you could say direct them or command them, that are rich in this world. Again, what does humility and fear of the Lord do? By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And we're seeing here, charge or command them that are rich in this world. That they what? That they be not high-minded. What's that? Proud, conceited, puffed up, right? Love is not what? Puffed up. It's not proud. 
And he says, charge them, command them that they're not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he's like that? Now, this is giving us wonderful revelation that when it comes to pride and humility, it comes to what are we trusting in? Or rather, who are we trusting in? Because it's saying here, the issue is not you being rich. The issue is in what are you trusting in? Are you trusting in the riches? Or are you trusting in the living God? Who gives you richly all to enjoy? Who do you trust? Do you trust yourself? Do you trust what you know and what you can do? Or do you trust in the living God? Who can graciously give you more than enough of every good thing and desires to richly give you everything not so that you can get by so you can enjoy now let me I'm catching up with you in 1st Peter 5 verse number 1 hallelujah praise you Lord and it says here in verse number 1 and we're gonna go through a few verses here we'll probably look to go up through verse number 10 and um, here in verse number one, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort. Now this is Peter that's writing this by the help of the Spirit of God. And he says, Who am also, he's saying he is, an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. What does he tell us to do, elders? He says, Feed the flock of God which is among you taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, the Amplified says, not by coercion or constraint. What does that mean? You're not manip manipulating. You're not uh, deceiving. Not coercion. Not constraining. You know, pride puts pressure on people. Fear and pride go together. What? So concerned with my things that you can't mess it up I'm afraid of you messing it up so I'm not going to allow that so what am I going to do I'm going to manipulate it I'm just using I as an example people have done this afraid their kids are going to mess up if they go hang out with some people so what do they do y'all ain't going nowhere y'all staying inside the house I don't know them you can't go hang out with them what coercion Pressure, fear, and pride put pressure on people. And we find Jesus wants to do what? Give us rest. Relieve the pressure. And uh, so we find here that not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, not just for a dollar. Uh, the, the Amplified says... Not dishonorably motivated by the advantages and profits belonging to the office. Not just there for the, for the bennies, for the benefits, but eagerly and cheerfully. It says in the King James, but of a ready mind. Cheerfully doing this. Now, the third verse says, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. Again, in the Amplified it says, this is Amplified Classic, too, just for your 
It says not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial, and overbearing persons over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns, and models of Christian living to the flock, the congregation. And it says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another, and be what? Clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Now this reminds me uh, some instruction I received. Brother Doug Jones uh, from Rama Bible Training College, instructor there for some years now. I remember him saying, to be clothed with humility. We as the church have allowed people to tell us what humility is. And it's a problem. And I remember he said it this way. He said, you know, if you and I were to get up and look in our closet and there was a blue shirt in there. And we put that blue shirt on and we came, you know, to class or where, where have you. And we, uh, we uh, told people... Well, I'm wearing this blue shirt, but obviously if I say I'm wearing a blue shirt, I'm not wearing a blue shirt. Now, some kick their head sideways and go, what are you talking about? People in this world have told us that if we go and say we're clothed with humility, what does that mean? I'm a humble man. I'm a humble woman. Automatically, you're not. Because you said it, so you're not. That's just as foolish as saying, because I say I'm wearing a white shirt. I'm not wearing a white shirt. I'm clothed in a white shirt, but if I say I'm clothed in a white shirt, I'm not. That's a foolish thing. Well, humility is the same way. It's a foolish thing to say, I'm not clothed with humility if I say I am. No. This is where many have re they believed religion and tradition when it comes to humility. Humility is not debasing ourselves and punishing ourselves. Humility is honesty. Humility is finding what is God's way, what is truly throughout the scriptures, and making it our own way. It's adapting to God and His way. So, <laughs> thank you, Brother Doug, if you ever get a chance to see this. Thank you, sir. Um, he said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the might. So, be clothed with humility for God, fifth verse, resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Where is the might? Under Him. If we don't put ourselves under Him, we have no might. We have no power. You want your ministry or your business to go far, you need it to be strong. You need it to be enriched. We saw both of those things being said in humility. Humility is by humility one is enriched. Well, it's also by humility that one is strengthened under the mighty hand of God. You know God wants to be on your business, wants to be on your profession. You can allow Him. You can humble yourself. And allow him to strengthen it. Praise you, Lord. Under the mighty hand of God that he may, what? Exalt you in due time. God is in this business of exalting. 
He's always looking for an opportunity to promote us. To take us from one place of living to another. And exalt us. This is prosperity. Promotion. Increase. How does it come? How does it come? By humbling ourselves. When you and I are willing to put ourselves under Him, it gives Him the opportunity to take that seed and harvest it and put us up over. And put us up over. And put us up over. And increase more and more, both us and our families. And now this is where I want to hone in on for this time because we're talking about characteristics of pride. And we're going to see some here that some people have never seen. You've read this. You have not seen this. Are you, are you ready? You focused? Okay. Because you haven't seen it this way. I know it. I sense it by the Spirit of God. Seventh verse. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Hold up. What are we talking about? We're talking about resisting pride. Because God resists pride. He gives grace to the humble. And now He's giving us this direction, directive to cast all of our care upon Him. So, if you and I are anxious and worried, fretting and fearful, have we cast our care upon Him? If I am choosing to care because it shows I love you, right? I love you so much. I just care about you. I'm always going to care about you, right? So I am humbling myself and caring so much for you because I love you so much and want you to know it. No. According to God, I'm still in pride. And He still has to resist me. This is why true love is not puffed up. So it means it's not careful and anxious and worried about them. Yeah. They are our babies. Yeah, we do love them and want the best for them. But if we're going to humble ourselves, what's it time to do? Cast it over on Him. And if it's on Him, I don't have it anymore. But I know, but if that thought just keeps coming, I know. The thought can come to us time and time again. But if we have actively cast the care of that thing on God... It's not mine anymore. It's not yours anymore. And this is what? An act of humility. How many people have thought to themselves lately that when they look across on the news and they see people anxious and worried, so much so that they're going to take it into their own hands and destroy the property of another's? What are we talking about? Enraged. We saw this in the second psalm. Fighting and warring. We saw this in uh, James 4. We're seeing pride. We're seeing contention. But humility. Humility. We'll be honest enough to see. The care is not for me. I'm not made to handle it. I can't hold it any longer. If I'm going to be wise. I'm going to put it over on the Lord. And we'll be honest enough to see it. And we'll be humble enough to do it. Now let's continue. Be sober. Be vigilant. 
Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So we're seeing again, pride is what causes one to be resisted. And if you're resisted, you're not close to the one who can keep you and protect you. Many people have wondered, why could that happen to them? Why could they love God? They love God. Why could that happen to them? Did they love him enough to humble themselves and do what he said do? Or did they maybe possibly put themselves in a position where the destroyer could devour? I want to read this to you in the Amplified Classic Version. In the 8th verse it says, Be well balanced, be temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams about around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Be sober and be vigilant. Be ready all the time. Be at peace. Have you ever noticed that if you and I aren't anxious and worried, there's things we can see? In fact, the body itself, when you and I go, let's say we're going to run, the body kicks into some, some other gear. Chemicals are released. And we see things differently. We react differently. Our nervous system is stimulated in a different way. And so we see things from a different frame of, frame of mind because why? We're not calm and conscious of other things. Our mind has been adapted and distorted. And this is something about pride is that pride is deceived. You find this pride is puffed up. You'll find the scriptures talk about pride like it's heady, it's conceited, it's high, it's puffed up, it's a lofty thought of oneself, it's a wrong value of oneself and of one's abilities. And pride is something that will puff up a room. And if you say a room is full of smoke, it can look like it's full, like, it, like there's no room for anything. But if you and I were to dispose of that smoke and open the door and allow it to pour out, in the matter of time, we'll realize that place wasn't as full as it seemed. And this is pride. Pride, this is why people like it so much, because it's a false sense of fullness. Pride is a false sense of fullness. And that's why it likes to make a big deal out of mine. Because, man, look at mine. Look how good mine is. Look at how good my family does it and how good our church does it. And look how good it is. My, my. It's a false sense of fullness. And humility will be quick to believe the truth about it. Where pride will not even see it. Pride will be blind to it. There's something that... uh. The Lord gave me, I'll, I'll just pull it up for a moment here, that he said, he said that humility will exonerate and pride will impoverish. 
Humility, we saw God wants to what? Exalt you in due time. Promote you in due time. Whereas what is pride going to do? Pride, humility and fear of the Lord cause us to be enriched and cause us to be honored and have life. Well, what does pride do? The opposite. It will cause you to be, instead of enriched, impoverished. Instead of, yes sir, honored, devalued, dishonored. Instead of life, death, loss. Pride will cause one to lose all. This is what happened to Satan. He lost it all. And this is why he knows if he can get us in it, he can cause us to be impoverished, dishonored, and to cause our things to lose and to be de dead amongst us. And he said this as I've been meditating in these things. He said, anytime there is a digression, a problem in advancing, it is a fruit. It is a byproduct of pride. Many have wondered, why have we not gone further? Why have we not done more? This is an answer. An answer why God cannot promote. An answer why God cannot exonerate and exalt is because one has not humbled themselves. He also said this. He said to me that pride despises. Pride disdains and believes lies. Pride despises, I need to define that. To despise is to think little of something. You know, you and I can think so little of something that we completely ignore it. There could have been something going on and we never watched it. We never read it. We never listened to it. Why? Because we just didn't think anything of it. We completely ignored it. You ever had somebody ask you, hey, did you... Did you know about this? Or they talked about what happened on the news and you thought, what? What's going on? What? What in the world's going on in the world today? Why? Because we completely ignored it. Just didn't think about watching the news at all today. And what happened? Now this can work to our advantage. Because when you and I are led by the Spirit of God and we humble ourselves, we can miss out on all of the strife and contention and all of the chaos that's going on. And we can look at them and go, oh really that happened? Why? We were ignorant of it. Because we weren't ignorant of God. And we weren't ignorant to what the Spirit of God wanted to do and wanted to show us and what He wanted us to hear and what He wanted us to see. And when you and I value God, we'll despise things that devalue Him and His. And vice versa. This is what pride does. It despises God it thinks so little of God and so little of His things. It devalues it all day. It despises. Pride despises, disdains, and believes lies. Humility prizes. It acclaims. And it sees right. When one will disdain and try and make someone feel low, humility will acclaim and try and cause them to be brought high. Humility in your and my life will, will always try and get someone else to see the value that God has in them. Not bring them low. Bring them high. You don't have to agree with them completely to be an encourager and a lifter up 
And that's what God does. He's the lifter up of our head. You ever see someone with their head down? I've seen, I've seen a, it's a gift, it, a gif. It's a rolling image. And it's a basketball player who just missed the shot and his head's down. And it, his teammate comes up and lifts his chin. You know, that's what God's doing for us. He's the lifter up of our head. And you and I want people in our life like this. So what do we want to do? We want to be people in lives like this. Where it's been hard on them. And we go, forget about that. Forget about that. Come on, lift your head up. God's got better. Don't worry about that. God's got better for you. And it will be through you. Don't worry about Forget about that. God's got better. Acclaims. And humility sees it right. Thank you, Father. Let's continue in this in these last moments. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because you and I have this adversary, the devil, that as a roaring lion, he's walking about, and this is good news, he's seeking whom he may devour. If you and I humble ourselves every day, we will put ourselves in a place where there's a hedge round about us, and Satan can't touch us because we keep resisting pride every day, every night, and he has no place to touch us. He just can't. He may not devour us because we have learned of the master and we're meek and we're lowly of heart and we got enough sense by God to know we can say that and still be humble men and women. Hallelujah. And this product of humility will allow us to be untouched of the devil. And it says next verse, verse 9, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in the brethren, in your brethren that are in the world. So it's telling us resist him, which means we're not resisting others. This is an aspect of pride. Pride's not, see, pride believes the lie, so it's not seeing Satan is my enemy. It's this person. It's this place. It's that person that won't give me any place. So they're trying to fight this, and they're offended at them for that. And they're thinking, if, if they would just fix up, I wouldn't have any problems. So they're fighting the wrong person. They're fighting the wrong place. Humility is honest and sees, they're not my problem. They're not my issue, but He is. And so I'm going to submit myself to God and not fight them, not fight that other political party, not fight that other denomination, not fight that other church that's down the road, not fight that other training college and school, not fight, they're not my issue, He is. And He's under my feet. And I'm humble enough to go, they're not my problem. He is. And I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I resist you, Satan. You may not touch what is ours. I resist you. That is an aspect and characteristic of humility. Which means the other is an aspect and characteristic of pride. Contending and fighting the wrong one the wrong place in the wrong way how much of that is going on and what is their one response for for that God has to 
resisted. I don't want our nation resisted of God. So I'm praying for our leaders. I'm praying for all those over us. Because this cannot happen anymore. Fighting and contending and waging war with the wrong one. The enemy is the one we ought to resist. And this is what comes when we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. Now, I don't want to leave you without the rest. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. And it says, These same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What you're experiencing, don't be, don't be misled. There are people all over this world that are experiencing that same thing, facing and looking at that same thing. And he goes on and says, But the God of all grace, hallelujah, who has called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. This is His plan, and this is what you and I humbling ourselves does. It puts us in this position. Yeah, for a moment it'll cost. For a moment it'll go long. For a moment it'll seem hard, but just in a matter of moments, He'll bring you up, He'll bring you out. He'll sit you up on high ground. And what's going to happen? You're going to be made perfect, mature, and stronger. You're going to be established and on strong ground. You're going to be strengthened and in a place where you're completely settled. Hallelujah. And it's because you and I have determined that we're going to put this yoke of Jesus on us. We're going to learn of Him for in Him we will find rest. In Him we're going to find riches and honor in life by humility and by reverence, by the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you all. And we will see you soon. Praise